Bukashiro into the box. Kunari! It's in! They've done this around! And the last touch might just have been off Tadanarili. Look at those celebrations! Yoshinaga is in there as well! Here's Fukashiro up against Lionel Tan. Fukashiro! And that is it! The Sailor's title dreams have been turned into a nightmare by Alvarez Nigata. A huge, huge win! It finishes here at Jurongi Stadium. Alvarez Nigata 3, the Lion City Sailors 1. Advantage Elberex, the title race in their hands after snagging three huge points in their comeback win over the Sailors. But let's not discount the mighty Stags who are hot on their heels. The question is, can Gavin and Cole take the fight to the White Swans? Us and Sailors have beaten them. I'm not going to give them any incentive to beat us in the last game. But hopefully we, we, we can maintain an unbeaten record against them. We hear from both camps as they head into this final stretch. Plenty for us to discuss, so let's get right into it. This is the SBL Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Farah. And this is Raushan. It's nice to be back on the pod, isn't it, Raushan? Now, in our last episode, we were looking ahead to the third and final round of fixtures. Fast forward and, well, here we are. Albrecht Sigata, Tampanese Rovers, level on points at the top of the table. Of course, Albrecht with the game in hand and all of that. But there's just six match weeks to go. It is well and truly set us up perfectly for what will undoubtedly be a massive showdown next Friday on the 28th of July. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we should first discuss what went down at the Jurong East Stadium last week, shouldn't we, Raushan? Yeah, I think we should build as the clash between two former champions. Unfortunately, you talk about showdown, a bit of a letdown again for Lion City Sailors, right? All these changes they're making, all these signings that have come in. But yeah, there's plenty to discuss and I'm quite excited for this one. Right, okay. There's nowhere else I feel like we can or should begin with, really. You asked how huge that win was for Albrecht? Well... You just asked Kazu. His uncharacteristic celebration when they took the lead said everything, didn't it? And truth be told, this performance and result isn't really that big of a surprise, especially seeing that we are talking about Albrecht Sigata, a side who have shown time and time again the levels that they are capable of. So many positives on the night for them, but it was one that was slightly overshadowed by the injury of their keeper, Hassan Sani, after a collision with his own defender, Shunsaku Kishimoto, in the first half. So we wish him the speediest of recoveries and we hope to see him back in action very soon. Now, of course, taking his place that evening was none other than Hyrule Nizam Jumaat, and we here at the final whistle got the inside line from the 36-year-old on what the Albrecht's camp was like after that victory. Hyrule, firstly, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Congratulations on the huge win this past weekend. How important was that win, man? I think because now we are the final stretch of the season, right? So it's a very, very good win. And uh, to, to sum it up, and the fans that came, I think it's a full, full, full crowd. So we'd want to disappoint our crowd. To win three points against a title rival is always sweet. Yeah, talk to me about that crowd because everybody who attended that game told me the crowd was just immense. What was the crowd like? I mean, like uh, the first time uh, I, um, I, I, I see the stadium uh, being full, the main grandstand is full and the opposite stand is also full. And it's so nice to see, you know, uh, fans close, close to the action. You see, like a lot of people uh, coming to cheer both, both sides of the teams. 
and you can see uh, noises. You can sorry, you can hear noises from from both sides cheering cheering their team on. All right, let's talk about the football, Hyrule. I have to ask you first, how is Hassan Sani? Because it looked like quite a serious injury that he uh, suffered. Yeah, uh, he looks okay. Uh, I think he, he he will be back. I'm not sure whether he will be back soon or not, but um, we wish him a speedy recovery. But so far, I think it's it's uh, he seems fine. We spoke just now in the morning. And I think he's re- uh, ready and ready to come back and wanting to come back. That's good news. Thanks for giving us that update. Hyrule, I have to ask you, obviously, over the past weekend, you were on the bench and then suddenly Hassan gets injured. What was going through your mind when they called you out to enter the fray? Because it's a high-pressure match, man. Oh, no, not again. Uh, says like against, uh, against a crucial game like that, I think is very important. And, uh, and when I come in, the score is still 0-0. So I, uh, uh, I felt under pressure. But I t- told myself that I need to calm things, nerve, uh, nerve things down, and you know, and the defense needs me and all that. So, uh, don't want to disappoint them. Uh, so just you know, uh, regaining the, getting the first catch is very important, and I think uh, everything goes well uh, during that game. Yeah, it did go well for your team. You eventually won three one. But I have to ask you about that moment when your team made it two one. It's so unlikely, but we saw Coach Yoshinaga run down the touchline and join the huddle for the celebration for the goal, right? Did that almost sum up how important three points was against the Lion City Sailors? Uh, yes, and come to think of it, I think we were down 1-0 at the 70, uh, 70 second, 72nd minute. So I think it's quite close to end the game and suddenly we are two goals up within five minutes. I think uh, is uh, you know that this... Coach Yoshi knows that this uh, this win is very important, and he I think he couldn't um, what he call hide his joy during 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 the second goal. I can assure you, it was amazing to watch. Just you feel it so much, right? Let's talk about the Lion City Sailors for a while, right? Mm-hmm. For you, you play for Elbrex, but you see the Lion City Sailors go out, make these big signings, dominate the headlines, always being talked about. Does that almost give you as an Elbrex player more motivation to go out there and beat them? Yeah, uh, of course. You know, we, you play against these players who are playing in Europe and I think uh, the, the Japanese players wants to really compete at that level. So, it's a matter of like testing their level where they are against all these players and all that. Uh, for example, we against JDT the other time during during our one-week break break. We try to test uh, our level against their level. I think um, it's very, uh, it's quite motivating to to play against players who are who played in uh, Europe to to see where where we are. Yeah, I can understand taking on that challenge. Let's come back to Elbrex. I know we talked about outpouring of emotion, but by the coach and the team, right? But what was said post match in terms of the push for the title? I mean, um, we the the game has ended. I think we have to forget about the game now. It's a balance of six more games, so we have to really focus on this uh, last six games. Sure that we really seal it. Yeah, yeah. You talk about having six games left. You are five points clear of the Lion City Sailors, but level on points with Tampere Rovers. I mean, you guys have a game in hand, but are you and your teammates fully aware that yes, the Sailors have been dealt with, but Tampere are also very much a threat. Yes, of course. I mean, they are just a point. Uh, uh, sorry, we are we are, uh, we are equal in, on, on points now. With us game, uh, with a game in, 
But bearing in mind, in this six game, anything can happen. And we have a game against Tampines Rovers as well. Um, they are a very good side, uh, very uh, young side, but they a uh, good um, ball playing style and we couldn't uh, we couldn't win the first game against them and we drew them in the last outing uh, i think this third game will be very massive to to make sure that we we really want uh, things things done, you know for the title sake and all that so this upcoming next two games again uh, after these two games against Tampines Rovers i think it's a really um, a test for for our title there you have it. That's the Elbrecht's perspective. Later in the show, we'll hear the Tempris perspective when we speak to Desmond Ong, who's the club chairman of Tempris Rovers. But Hyro, since I have you, I have to ask you, is there almost added pressure for you guys to continue to do well? Because Elbrecht's are the standard bearers in the league. You are the defending champions and you are the league leaders. Do you feel the pressure? I mean, like we have done it uh, a few years back and I think this, this different set of players and think uh, each player know what is, is what is at stake right now. So, it's just to keep, like, like, well, like I said just now, I think keep one game at a time and make sure that uh, we really go each game like a, like a, like a cup, cup final. Actually, speaking about keeping the standards high, how is it Elbrex? Every year, they change so many players, but the standard remains so high. How is it that? What's the secret sauce? I mean, uh, before we sign for the club, I mean, uh, the club has, has its own DNA and playing style. So before before we start the season, I think everybody sat down together and, you know, see the club uh, visions and, you know, uh, the system of play and all that, how we're going to play against teams and all that. I think it sets the tone uh, going through the season uh, on how our club uh, club wants to play and how the players wants to play. I think by this, I think the players have an understanding on you know, um, how to play each game and, you know, and how to win each game. I wish you all the best for the title fight. I have one last question and it's a bit of a loaded one, so I hope you can tackle it well. Albrecht Sigata, we already agree they are the standard bearers in the league, but there is this mm-hmm. reputation that they are still a foreign team. As a Singaporean in that team, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? <laughs> it's difficult because I always ask this question. I mean, it's a foreign team, but, you know, um, bear in mind that we are a very young side Okay, um, mostly we are from, uh, from uh, what do you call college students who just come uh, after their studies and they have no professional playing experience. And some of our players also uh, from other clubs also have been professional for so many years. Uh, these Albrex these players are, you know, first time becoming professional players. So it's, it's, it's difficult to say lah, because uh, we have some Singaporeans also stepping up to, to play and all that. I can understand that. Harun Nizam Jumat, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Okay, thank you. Well, there you have it. Hyron Lizam speaking exclusively to us here at the final whistle, or more like Raushan, on how huge that win was for the team. And we certainly wish them the best in their title defence. And of course, we send them our well wishes when the side looking to best them to the death are none other than Tampanese Rovers. We have sung our praises all season long for the stacks. Raushan, possibly more than anyone else this season, but I dare say He's that... He's side we... by side. <laughs> he, he has to sell it there in there. But you know what? I dare say that we are not sick of it just yet. All the plaudits I feel that they've received to this point have been well and truly deserved. Sure, in the context of the title race, it's in Albrex's hands. But mathematically, it's not a far-fetched dream for them, is it? Well, we've heard from the Albrex camp, so we here at the final whistle, we're very fair. So it's only fair that we hear from the other end. We caught up with Tampanese Rovers chairman Desmond Ong ahead of the final stretch to hear his thoughts on Tampanese Rovers. 
Desmond, firstly, thank you so much for making time to speak to the final whistle. How much have you enjoyed your team's progress in 2023, first of all? Uh, very much. But before I go into that, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I really appreciate the work that people like you do, keeping the faith, um, chugging along despite all the noise, and uh, providing fans um, with a regular update and unique views and perspectives on what's going on in the game. So thanks again for having me on. Progress is probably the right word. As you know, we as a club, you've spoken to me in the past and I've, I've bought everybody stupid with my views about how we are more uh, a long-term project, if you will. So, so much so that people have taken to mocking us. Whenever things don't go right, it's Tampanese Rovers, hashtag trust the process, right? Um, but I think this season, um, we've seen more progress than we have in previous seasons. Um, and I think this is reflected in the league standings and naturally we're quite pleased about it. I mean, Desmond, you talk about people sometimes taking the mickey. You more often than not reach out to me privately and say, don't jinx my team just yet. Don't <laughs> talk about them in the title equation. And they've been there, thereabouts. The most important thing is we're reaching the business end and they are there within touching distance of the leaders, Albrecht Negata, level on points, having played a game more, of course. How are you feeling heading into this? Any nerves? Are you excited? What's the feeling like? Um, without sounding too downbeat about it, um, given the project that we have, if you look at the time that I've been in charge and um, appointed uh, the current coaching staff and all, we've actually finished the season second, second, fourth and third. So we've always been there or thereabouts, right? Um, this is not new territory for us. Um, probably what is new is that this time there is a sense that we just might have enough to take it over the line. So in that sense, there's that palpable sense of excitement um, I know Gavin and Yase and all, when you interview them after games, they're all the cliches, one game at a time, one game at a time. I think that's their way of coping with it. And I'm sure if you speak to the Elbrex people, they also tell you one game at a time. Now, naturally, of course, as a chairman, I think, uh, along with the fans, we have, we have the right to dream a bit and say, what if, what if, what if, right? Um, so, so there's a sense of excitement in the air that hopefully we can make it a good fight with Elbrex, right? Um, of course, what makes it a bit more interesting is that if you look at the games that we have coming up, we still have to play each other. We have Elbrex, we have LCS who cannot be discounted. We have the Inform team, Brunei, right? And then we have Ballastia who, you know, are this season surprise package. So it's not going to be a walk in the park. I mean, one thing's for sure, you're clearly a very hands-on chairman. The way you reel off the fixture list coming up, we're particularly excited for that clash against Elbrex, I dare say. But Desmond, I have to try and get this out of you. Are you categorically saying Tempanese are now in the title race? Because all season long, you've told me not to say that. I, I, I think we are in the title race, whether we like it or not. Simply by virtue of being the fact that we seem to be the only ones at this point in time, um, realistically, with a chance of catching Elbrex. Yeah? Um, there's no false modesty or, or sort of um, jinxing it or not jinxing it anymore. Uh, like it or not, like you say, it's a business end of the season. We're level on points with them. They have a they have a game in hand. They have a superior goal difference. So the odds are stacked against us. Uh, but like I said, we still have to play them. Um, we still have to play LCS. So we'll see where that goes. And speaking of those games coming up, you alluded to it earlier, Yasser, maybe Gavin are more cautious taking it one game at a time. But give us the inside line. What's the mood in the dressing room as a whole? Is there excitement or is there a bit of nervousness? I think there is um, 
a lot of satisfaction, if I may say that. Uh, we've always been a club that's been about performance. We feel that if we perform at a certain level, the results will come. Uh, at the risk of sounding cliche, the, the, the league table doesn't lie. If Elbrex wins the league, then they would have thoroughly deserved it. If LCS come in from the outside and makes the league, then they would have thoroughly deserved it. What we're very proud of is the fact, for example, that for the whole season, um, we've only lost one game. We've only lost one game. Uh, if And that was against Ballastia, which was at that time a surprise result for us because we didn't know how good Ballastia were going to become under Peter Diru. Right Now, if we had not lost that game, that's the, the ifs and the buts. And then we would possibly be looking at uh, an Arsenal equivalent of an invincible season. Uh, there, there are games where we've been quite disappointed. Uh, we, we had the lead against um, LCS. Um, Maxime got a penalty off a Faris foul that till today I think should not have been given. Uh, we had the lead against Geylang and then Bezakor did his one minute of magic before calling it quits on the season. We had the lead against Elbrex before going to sleep. So to us, there's six points thrown away. Um, and, you know, the but four and the... So, I think that's also testament to how good Elbrex have been, that for us to, to challenge them or even overtake them, we need to be close to perfect and we can't be giving the points away. But that aside, take nothing away from, from, from what the team has achieved in terms of performance. Now we take to the field, we're fairly confident that we are going to control most of the games and that we have a more than even chance of, of getting a result from the games. No, Desmond, you speak there about the what's and ifs, right? The drop points, the unfortunate result against Ballastia. But one thing that's for certain when we watch Tampanese is this identity. We know, you talk about loosely used terms, Gavin Ball is quite a loosely used term in the fraternity as well. But when you put him in charge and now where the team is, how has he embarked on this journey of stamping that identity on the team? Um, I, I know what you mean by Gavin Ball. Um, but you know, Gavin Ball is not always universally appreciated. <laughs> if you sit, if you sit in OTH for some of our games, our marchies will be screaming and saying, "Launch it long, launch it long." <laughs> um, but I think Gavin's uh, mantra or philosophy has always been, you know, possession and retention of the ball, and it's no secret. And and the fact that we seem to have the players suited to that sort of game, our players are very comfortable on the ball. I mean, I'm quite old school, right? What's this rubbish about passing the ball across your six-yard box? Launch the damn thing. But they do it. They're comfortable. It seems to work for them. It helps them do what they want to do further up the field. Uh, I can't argue with it so far. Um, I would be, be be very remiss of us to call it Gavin Ball. It's just short form for the work that all the coaches put in, right? Um, of course, Gavin gets all the plaudits. And then when things go wrong, Gavin gets blamed. But actually, it's a combined um, effort. Gavin, Farah, William, and recently Noor, who's been added to the coaching team. We spend a lot of time. Uh, the players are really comfortable with the ball. It's a style of football that they are very comfortable playing. And I don't know, um, for me as the chairman, yeah, okay, I mean, you've got the results, but sometimes I feel that maybe we can mix it up a bit more. I, I don't think it's the be all and end all, um, but always be very careful when chairmen start talking about football. Uh. You heard it here first, no Gavin Ball, we're going to call it Tampanese Ball starting, starting now, <laughs> if that suits the team and how much they work together. Uh, is it almost easier to do this with a younger group of players because that seems to be part of Tampanese's identity as well? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, yes, in a sense that, of course, if you have young players, a lot of them, they don't come to you with preconceived notions 
of how they want to play. Right? But no, in the sense that you do get seasoned campaigners like Faris uh, who come in and then they fit in seamlessly because at heart they are ballers. If, 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 if you play football to any level, this is the sort of football you want to play where, you know, when you're not in possession, you're just finding space. Um, and then you, when you have the ball, you have two or three options to pass to. And, and it's a very easy style of playing football um, that's very pleasing to the eye. And if you're a player, I mean, this is the sort of team I would have wanted to play in when I was playing weekend football, you know, people running all over and doing all the work. Uh, but I know it's not easy. I, I, I know we get drilled incessantly and repeatedly on, on the training field. Um, so the, the very long answer to your short question is, yes, in theory, it's easier with the younger players. But if you remember, we had not much of a choice when we took a conscious decision about three years ago when sailors emerged on the scene that we had to go with younger players. So, so that's sort of been, it sort of has come and dealt, uh, sort of merged together. And then when things work out, you look quite clever. And then if things don't work out, then, then you're the moron who did this in the first place. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. You brought up the sailors there and that makes me want to ask you this question. Sailors often dominate the headlines, high-profile signings, high-profile coaches. They cover the back pages of the sports pages here as well as headlines, right? Does that almost give you and your club a bit more motivation and satisfaction that you are statistically better than them this season and possibly in for a better finish? Not more so than any other club. Um, to be very honest... Um, Initially, of course, there was a bit of um, envy, almost to the point of resentment. If you remember in the early days, they came and took away uh, Shadan and Adli, players who were very important to what we were doing. But I've always maintained that they are possibly the best thing and the worst thing to happen to our league. Nah. Um, we've had to raise our game, no doubt about it, right? And, and in that sense, they've been good for, for the league. Um, they're the worst thing because if... And sooner or later, they'll get it right with the resources that they have. Um, they will run away with the league once they get it right. Um, we are envious to the extent that if we had a smidgen of their resources, uh, we feel we could, I don't know, that's speculative, but we feel that if we had a smidgen or a bit more of the resources that, that, that perhaps they enjoy, uh, we might be able to do a bit more. Yeah, but I have good relationships with them and, and I, I do like what they're doing uh, with their academy. Right? And, and I think that, that some of the very best young players are now playing in their academy. And they've done a good job in that regard. So, so kudos to them. Yeah, I love the way you put it. It's the best and worst thing to happen to Singapore <laughs> football. I want to stick to Tampanese, shall we? And I have to address this with you. Gavin possibly was rumoured to be linked to other jobs in the league earlier in the season. Were you worried that this might put a spanner in the works of the project you laid out? Um... This is beginning to sound like a lawyer's answer or a lawyer's interview. Again, yes and no. Um, if Gavin were to leave, it would be to leave for a job that would sort of um, help him fulfill more of his aspirations. We have a we have a very honest and open relationship and that I've always told him that companies cannot be the be-all and end-all, right? Um, in fact, when we first started the job, we was like, Gav, you can't stay longer than five years because, you know, it's just going to be a dead-end job. I doubt there are very few projects in our league currently um, where he would take the job. Um, I like him at some point to go overseas um, because when he goes, uh, as they say, when, when the tides rise, all boats go up, right? Um, if he goes, Farah gets promoted. And I think Farah's coming along as quite a good coach and, and everybody's got to sort of grow. Uh, until and unless the day comes when our league becomes one of the best leagues in ASEAN, 
as it used to be, then they need to go to a higher level to sort of prove themselves and, and, and to further their ambitions. Uh, I, I have no great interest, and I don't think Gavin does as well, to say I was an athlete coach for 25 years. That, that doesn't do anybody. Mm. With, 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 no, with no disrespect to, to anybody whose aspirations are such. Yeah, yeah I, I can completely understand that. You talk about it being a lawyer's question, but I must say you're very candidly honest and I'm sure the listeners <laughs> tremendously appreciate that. Uh, let's yeah. continue talking about this title fight, right? We talk about Elbrex being the standard bearers in the league. I think we're all in agreement that year in, year out, they set themselves out as the team to beat. But they're still in some quarters mentioned as the foreign team. So, you being Tampines' chairman, being the local representative in that, does that almost give you added motivation to take that fight to them or do you not see it that way? No, I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I think, first of all, I have to state for the record that I am a great fan of Albrecht. I, I think they do a lot of community work that uh, oftentimes goes unnoticed, right? Uh, if you look at their fan engagement and then people say, well, you know, it's low-hanging fruit, they, they only deal with the Japanese community, I, I think that's strictly untrue. I, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the residents of Yuhua and all that. I've seen the outreach that they do. I've seen uh, how far Muiti and his tentacles reach in terms of trying to make a positive impact with the football. And, and I, I have a brilliant relationship with Korinaga, who's funny as hell. He's a really good guy. And, 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 and they're they are almost as Singaporean as they come. Um, so I, I wouldn't want to start introducing any sense of xenophobia like it's us against the Japs and all that. I mean, their, their team would really admire. If you stop and think about it for a moment, almost every year, their team gets dismantled and then they start again, right? And, and for them to then continuously achieve under those sort of conditions, that's just amazing. And then we've been the recipients, right? We've got Shuya in our team. We've got Kyoga in our team. Uh, you know, you, if, if you hire an Elbrex player, you almost certainly have no problems with them in terms of their attitude, in terms of the, the sort of work ethic that they bring. So, so they've scouted really brilliant players. And like I said, if they do win the league, then it's thoroughly deserved and I couldn't be happier for them. Yeah. So, so none of that. But of course, we, 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 we will fight till our last breath to try and not let them walk the league. Us and Sailors have beaten them. I'm not going to give them any incentive to, to beat us in the last game, but... But hopefully, we, we, we can maintain an unbeaten record against them. Yeah, certainly plenty to look forward to. Desmond, it's been brilliant canvassing your thoughts. But it would be amiss of me not to ask you about the future. We've spent a lot talking about the 2023 title fight and we do wish your team all the best. But beyond that, what's in the pipeline for Tampines? Where to from here, having laid the foundation so well? Okay, so um, it's a bit of an open secret. Uh, our football reporter extraordinaire, uh, Deepan Raj Kanisan, has sniffed out that we are in the final uh, stages of doing a link up with a T1 club. Um, so that's exciting times ahead. We see a lot of synergy. Um, some, clubs have, some clubs have decided to go to, let's find a, got a billionaire godfather route. Good for them. Money is so important in football nowadays. Uh, we had those sort of offers. We thought, no, it's always got to be a football decision. And, and I think that when we announced the club finally, I think a lot of people... Um, will be pleasantly surprised and, and for our long-suffering fans hopefully it'll be something to look forward to. Yeah, you talk about reporter extraordinaire. You've been extraordinarily candid and honest with your opinions sharing with us. So thank you so much for your time today, Desmond. Pleasure. Pleasure on mine. Thanks for having me on the show, Roshan. So that's the word from the East or as Roshan says, East side, the best side. But you know what, guys? Whatever it is, I think this title race is going to be a treat to the very end. Roshan, after hearing from both sides, 
Where do you stand on this and how do you see this title race ending? I think for starters, it's definitely just the two-horse race. I think the sailors have a bit too much gap, too little matches to make up that space. So that's why we're firmly focusing on Albrex and Tempranes as well. And speaking to both Hyronism and Desmond, you can sense the excitement. I think the excitement is palpable for the fans as well because I think earlier in the week, I put out a poll in terms of who's rooting for Tempranes and who's rooting for Albrex. My interaction sometimes on Instagram is not great, but like I got like 300 over votes on that. So that tells me that people are actually paying attention to the race. And from a neutral, I say neutral perspective, but from a neutral perspective, it's nice to see we're going to have a fight to the finish line. You talk about mathematically Albrex having the advantage, but like Desmond alluded to, they still have to go to Tempanese and Tempanese have a decent record against Albrex this season. So it's all poised very, very finely, right? And I think... As the season's gone on, obviously every season, Elbrex just gets stronger as they go. But I think Tempanese as well, they had a patchy run. They were stringing 1-0 wins together. But I think they are they are onto something as well. And if they needed any motivation, they've seen one rival fall by the wayside. So this is a golden opportunity for them. And I think for Gavin, this would be great satisfaction if he pulls one over King Kazu, who is, you know obviously a multiple league winner as well. So it's quite exciting. I cannot wait for next Friday, but I think we got some matches before that. We shall see how it pans out. I just hope both teams remain in the fight for at least until they face off and then maybe, you know, it could take shape slightly a bit more. But until then, I think we ask always for a grandstand finish to the season. I think we're in for it. Indeed. I feel very bad that I'm already looking forward to the 28th. But but we, of course, like you said, have to look ahead to match week 22 first. We're going to be focusing on two matches in particular. First up, we're beginning with the Thursday night clash between the Lion City Sailors and Tanjung Paga United. The Sailors, of course, will want to make things right after last week. Now, live in the Singapore Premier League for new head coach Alexander Rankovic hasn't been the brightest. That's two losses in three games. But he did kick things off with a 7-1 one thumping over the Jaguars barely three weeks ago. In football, that could feel like ages ago. But Raushan, if you were Rankovic, how would you deal coming into this? Because you're not just dealing with the disappointment from those above you, but your players as well, they're going to be pretty dejected from last week, wouldn't they? I think they would be, especially so because they took the lead late on against Albrex and I was obviously working on the other game, but for all the life of me, I thought, okay, this is the Sailors in the lead and they're going to hold on to something and then catapulating like that, right? So it's going to be a fair sense of dejection, especially when the new coach just came in, the new players just came in, you're expecting that bounce and it's been a bit of a damn script. You talk about starting off his reign with a 7-1 thumping, Luka Lalic started off his reign at the Sailors interim reign with some big results as well and we all know how that worked out. So for Rankovic now, I think... When the Sailors made the appointment of Rankovic as well as brought in the players that they have brought in, they always, in every press release, every notification that's gone out, they say AFC Champions League, AFC Champions League, AFC Champions League. So I think right now, that's their best case scenario, right? Just try and regroup, find a bit of confidence, build a Rankovic playing style so that they are better equipped for that competition. And I think to do that, they need to start winning. They go up against the Tanjung Paga side who, quite frankly, I watched their game against Geelang International over the weekend. They are there for the taking, especially when you consider the Sailors' riches, right? So I suspect, yes, they've had two wobbly results, a surprise against DPMM losing to Elbrex. But I think this is the Sailors' opportunity to almost get back on track and try and build towards representing not just themselves, but Singapore in the continental competition. So, Roshan, how do you see this one playing out? What are your predictions for this? Do you see another 
huge scoreline for the sailors here? I don't know about huge scoreline. I think at this point, we are still trying to see how this Rankovic era can take shape. I think over the weeks that he's had with the team, I think you learn a bit more from losses than victories. So hopefully, this will give him a chance to instill his ideas in his boys. I, I think that 7-1 is just... Uh, the handbrake coming off on a team kind of result. I think now in the weeks to come, we'll see a bit more of Rankovic ball. I don't know if it'll be a whitewash, but I suspect the Sailors will get three points in this home advantage against the Tanjung Paga side who have one draw in their last six and fairly are quite dire this season. So I suspect the Sailors win this one quite comfortably. I think Richario Zikovic will continue to provide some firepower. And I think Maxim Lestian very much wants that golden boot, having seen uh, Taniguchi take over uh, earlier last week, right? So I think there are plenty riding on it. I expect the Sailors to win this one 3 or 4-0. Very nice. Well, up next, the ever-highly-anticipated Eastern Derby. The two occasions that they have faced each other this season, they both ended in a one-all draw. But Roshan, honestly, if the Stacks want any hope, to the title, they cannot afford to drop points here, can they? Yeah, lah, cannot. Lah. <laughs> they can't <laughs> afford to drop any points against Gelang International. You talk about their earlier two results being one-all draws. That's, I mean, the word bogey team comes to mind. Clearly, there's more to this rivalry than just Tempris Rovers walking to result considering Gelang's troubles. And I think Gelang... They need to cover that Bezakor hole, but it's not just that. Even over the past weekend, they had to put out this team that I think, I don't know, I even joked off with No Ali saying that he might as well play for the team because that's how much they were struggling for fit players or quality players in the team. So, Tempanese will eye this as, yes, it's an Eastern derby, but it's an important three points if they were to stay alive in the title. And for the life of me, I hope they continue to keep winning because like I mentioned earlier in the show, they need to keep the momentum and take the fight to Albrecht and at least stay alive until next Friday when they play Albrex. I don't want to bring up Jürgen Klopp into this. I'll find any opportunity to do this. But I, I think uh, in like Liverpool's um, title-winning journey, uh, I think he has said like, you know, this is how many cup finals, I mean, how many finals we have. So I think for Tampines, it's legit six more finals for them. They just need to take one game at a time, which Gavin says all the time anyways. So taking one game at a time, one game at a time, and it's working really well for them. So yeah, Raushan, I have to I have to press you for a prediction. How do you see this one playing out? No, I think you're absolutely right. There's just six cup finals and Tampines need to... We talk about Albrecht having it mathematically, but Tampines have it in their own hands if they manage to pull off a result and get a favour from elsewhere. And I think it will be interesting to watch. Having said that, I suspect this week we'll go see that Tampines team that's been grinding out results again. I, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, 3-4-0. I suspect it's going to be cagey, it's going to be difficult because as much as Tampines need to win, they cannot afford to lose. Can mm. they afford a draw? Still question marks about that, but they cannot afford to lose. So I say 1-0 to the Stags this weekend. Actually, before I move on, I do want to ask you, you know, like because now there is that pressure of knowing that you are mathematically still in it to win the title. Do you think that pressure would get to Tampanese Rovers? Well, according to Desmond, the boys are feeling good. The boys are primed for this battle. And I think it's about dealing with their pressure. I'm, the pressure question is a fair one because when you look at this Tampanese team, yes, they play eye-catching football. Tampanese ball, not Gavin ball, as Desmond was keen to tell us because it's a whole team effort. But also, they have a lot of young boys and... That's where the senior heads need to come in. Yasir needs to, who we know has a hot hit himself, but Yasir needs to come in and try and breathe some new 
vigor or new belief into this team as they approach the final stretch. Thankfully, they have Farish Ramli as well, so it's not all on Yasser's shoulders. So it's a good mix there. And we've been waiting on the penny to drop for Boris for so long, right? If he times it to perfection and the penny drops on Boris's form heading into the run-in, I think then Tempenis are in good hands. I added that Tempenis will win 1-0 this season. I'm just going to add that Boris is going to score the winner. Alright, I can see that happening. I really, really can. And at the end of the day, even if it's a KG 1-0 win, that's all you need. The three points are all that matters at the end of the day. Well, guys, you can catch that one. I forgot to say. That's happening on Saturday at 6pm at our Tempenis Hub. And like I said earlier, we're focusing on these two matches, but of course, there are two other games uh, for Match Week 22. That's Balestia and Haugang on Friday night, 7.45pm at the Bishan Stadium. And then you have Albrecht Zigata and the Young Lions. That one is at the Jurong East Stadium on Saturday, 6pm kickoff. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for this spot. Roshan, how are you seeing Match Week 22 play? How excited are you for this one? I'm quite excited because I'm already looking ahead to 23. But to start with this weekend, <laughs> I plan to get myself to our Tempenis Hub to try and watch the Eastern Derby. So hopefully they'll make it worth the while. Whoever's listening, if you're a player, go and score some goals. If you're a manager, try not to lose your cool. No, Ali, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Enjoy. And I think everyone listening is in for a treat, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, I think if you haven't already tuned in to the Singapore Premier League, now's a good time to start because we're in for quite an exciting finish. Perfect. And guys, if you see Raushan at our Templates Hub, please go up to him and say hi. He would love a chat. <laughs> well, guys, again, this is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you to all of you who have tuned in all the time. I mean, your, your support is, is very, very important to us. As always, you can hit us up at The Final Whistle. You can hit Raushan up at Raushan Says or myself at Farah Naya. We will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.